I have five minutes, okay. I don't know if y'all caught it, but Pastor said he was so happy she was here, not me. So maybe I should just hand the mic to her and let her speak this morning. But anyways, good morning, y'all. Super excited to be here with my lovely wife. And uh, yes, I am representing the Philadelphia Eagles today. But better than that, I'm representing Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the most important thing. He's better than football for sure. But I was telling someone in the lobby today, I said, man, it really shows my faith, you know, that I'm standing in the midst of darkness and I'm still willing to shine. <laughs> you missed it. I said, you really, it really shows my faith that I'm willing to stand in darkness and let my light so shine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just telling you, y'all, you know, I have the mic, and uh, we're going to have the win today. <laughs> just saying. But anyways, guys, it's such an honor to be here. I better stop because some of y'all are going to be like, all he thinks about is football. I'm leaving. I need to go to a church that preaches Jesus. I'm going <laughs> to preach Jesus in just a second here. But uh, anyways, guys, it is, man, such an honor to be here. I was so looking forward to coming and hanging out with you guys uh, this morning, I uh, love Pastor Doug, Mama Cindy, got to spend some good quality time with them Friday night, and last night we watched some football, ate some wings, Reese's peanut butter cups, and chips. So it was a wonderful, wonderful night, my friend. <laughs> wonderful, you know, it was so cute because Mama actually watched football with us, Mama Cindy watched football with us, and Pastor Doug's like, she usually doesn't do this with me, you know? But it's because we actually interacted with her, you know what I mean? And there was food involved, you know what I'm saying? So, we interacted with her. But, uh, <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good day. But anyways, um, <laughs> joy, Lord. Uh, but anyways, uh, yes, we got to spend some amazing time with them. We, we so love hanging out with uh, I say pastors to honor you in this house, but they're like a pop and mom to us, to me and Kirsty, and uh, love these guys so much. Pastor actually serves as an active board member on my ministry, uh, for my ministry, I should say, and uh, tells me what to do, tells me what not to do, and uh, <laughs> really he does, and he's, he's pretty cool, and wow, look at that. My wife is all right, too, but man, look at not just, <laughs> but... <laughs> Man, I'm really showing great faith right now, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, guys, uh, I'm, I'm, we're going to jump right into this, but man, I just can't tell you how much I honor the house, love Pastor, Do uh, Pastor Doug and Mama Cindy, and uh, Manuel, love you, buddy. There he is. He's like the annoying brother sometimes. That, no, you're so glad you have, it, it's like you ever have that brother that you're like, oh man, I, I, like, uh, he gets on my nerves, but I'm so glad he's in my life. <laughs> that's 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 him <laughs> we got to hang out together in mexico not too long ago and uh it was fun and uh jesus moved and that was great but uh <laughs> no i love these guys these got y'all are family and uh, yeah we're just gonna jump right into this before i get into the word that the lord put on my heart and uh if you're, if you're kind of curious of what I'm going to preach on, I'm actually going to preach on watch out for those toxic seeds. And I know that probably sounds a little weird right now, but just in a little bit, it's going to make a whole lot of sense, okay? But I'm going to preach real quick here in a minute, watch out for those toxic seeds. But before I do that, uh, the Lord's been revealing some things to me prophetically for the house corporately, okay? And uh, um, receive this personally. But, man, I really believe we should get excited and unite in prayer and believe 
God to bring this down corporately upon this body. Amen. I love this. When Jesus went into a town, his own hometown, how many of you remember he could only heal a few sick people because of people's unbelief? But the few that got healed were the few that chose to believe in the word that was made flesh. Can I tell you something? God's okay with a few. He wants a lot, but he's just looking for a few that will believe in the word. The prophetic word that's released. So if you hear anything this today and you're like, man, I want that for me. You pull it in and say, God, I put my faith to that for my family, for me. And put your and you can be included in the few that hopefully is a lot. You know what I mean? Hopefully it's a lot, not just a few. Amen. But there was a few that decided to put their faith in the word that was made flesh and dwelt among them and they received their healing. If you want to receive this word into your life and into your family's life, just receive it by faith and be the one to choose to believe it, even if others decide to not. Amen. But anyways, let me just stop right there. Do you ever wonder what those few that got healed, what they did with that healing, like how they probably evangelized and reached the ones who doubted? And just think of the healings that could have transpired afterwards when those who got healed went to the person that knew their story with their sickness, and now they see them healed. And instead of them saying, hey, man, y'all missed it, they proclaimed the goodness of God, and I believe there was probably more testimonies that went out from that, and it started with a few having a miracle. What are you trying to say? Can I tell you something? If you have a testimony, share it, because you don't know how uh, encouraging it can be, how much it can stir hope, and how it can produce life in someone else. Anyways, let's jump into this. Uh, so, so during worship, this was before worship and then during worship, the Lord was sharing some things with me. And one of the things that I continued to hear over and over during worship was form or formation, right? Form or formation. And I said, Lord, I said, what in the world are you trying to release over these people uh, corporately as well as individually? And he said, well, Ryan, look up what the word form or formation means. And this is what it means, formation. It means the visible, the visible shape or configuration of something. Okay. Let me just stop there. I really believe things may have been audible, but you're about ready to see them become visual. You're about ready to see them unfold the things that you've waited for that you've heard. I love this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The word of God produces faith so that you can have word, faith in the word to be established in your life. And I love this. Job says, declare a thing and it will be established, right? Jesus is the king. And when he declares a thing, when he decrees a thing, he doesn't go back on his word. And so some of you in here, I just really believe you're about ready to see some things that you've been waiting on waiting for. Uh, you're, you've been in a seed time. You're about ready to see the harvest take form. You're about ready to see visually what you stood in faith for that you heard audibly. But it says the visible shape or configuration of something, it means to bring together parts or combine to create something. It means to make or fashion into a shape or a form. And I just really believe those things that you have been standing and believing for, they're about ready to take formation. They're about ready to be formed around you, the things that you stood and believed for. And then the Lord was sharing this with me as well. And, 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 and it was 
the Lord said, Ryan, he says, I want you to release this over the church. And this is for the seeker. This is for the ones who are hungry. And I believe this church collectively, you're hungry people. And I really believe that the Lord was sharing this. I heard this yesterday, but the Lord wanted me to release this over you corporately so you can receive it if you want it. And that is, I really believe that God is about ready to introduce something that was unfamiliar, but he wants you to become familiar with a place that's unfamiliar to you currently. Presently, you might be unfamiliar with specific dimensions or understandings or realities of God. But I believe that God wants to move upon the seeker, move upon the one who is hungry, and he wants to make you marvel again. Jesus moved, come on, moved amongst his disciples. The disciples had a front row seat to the supernatural. And constantly their minds were being blown and they were constantly marveling over what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him. And I really believe that the Lord wanted me to release this over the church. You guys are going to marvel again. Of course, we don't take away what God has done in the former. But I really believe that God is about ready to bring a latter rain that is going to make you raw, uh, like marvel in your home and in this house again. Not that you have become complacent and, and, and you've ignored the beauty of who God is. You honor the beauty of God. You're a church that loves the presence of God. And, 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 and I, I honor that about you. But I just really believe the Lord says, I want to make this church marvel again. Like, I believe there are some things that are about ready to form in this place and form around this place and form in the leadership and form in you. There's things that the Spirit is going to form. There is things that God is about ready to create, establish, release amongst you guys. Like when Jesus moved amongst his disciples, there is some rare occurrences that are about ready to accommodate your services and to accommodate your prayer time that is going to make you marvel again. That's what I heard in the spirit. And I, and I heard the Lord say this. He says, Ryan, it's time that I open up a reality to these people of a deeper and a new dimension of me. Do you know, I got to say this, okay? I can't get away from this. And we'll see what happens now. Hopefully we go into the toxic seed thing. This isn't a message. This is a prophetic word. But I love this because it says this. Jesus says this. And I love the Passion Translation version of this. In John 14, he says, in my father's house are many mansions. Do you know in the Passion Translation, it actually says, in my Father's house are many dwellings. The Bible says in the Old Testament, enter into his courts, plural, with praise, right? So there is courts, there are dwellings that are, we're unfamiliar with that God wants to draw us into and make us one with. Ezekiel talks about angels that got eyes all over their body. I heard this for someone yesterday. I got released this over you. Eyes all over their bodies, right? And I'm not getting new ages and weird with eyes, but it's just reality in Ezekiel. He sees this vision with angels full of eyes. And I said, Lord, what is that about? He said, Ryan, each eye is capturing something different in me because there's so much to me. They need all those eyes to capture everything at once. Can I tell you something? God is about ready to open up, or let me say it this way. He's about ready to broaden and expand your eye. And I don't mean that in a weird way. He's about ready to broaden your eye. He's about ready to exceed your expectation where he's going to elevate your expectation. And the things that you have 
constantly been believing for. God says you're going to believe with an elevated expectation. And God says that is the, that, that, that elevated expectation that you have for things that have been around for a while. That elevated expectation is just the launching pad for God to branch off of and exceed. So when he moves amongst you in those things you are expectant for in an elevated place of expectation, he's going to exceed that, ele- uh, that, that expectation. And then when he exceeds that expectation, he'll directly elevate your expectation to a new level. The disciples' eyes were open to the multiple facets of who the Father was through Jesus, and they marveled over the Father and marveled over who Jesus was, who displayed the Father. And I believe, I believe me this, you're about ready to see waves come upon this church that are going to make you marvel again. It's going to blow your mind, and it's going to expand and broaden your understanding, I, understanding of who the Father is. Because then what happens is when he expands your vision, expands your view of who he is, and you find yourself in a battle, you find yourself having a new, stronger expectation to face that battle. What God does right now is to change something in you because he knows what's going to happen to you or come against you in the future, and he wants to make sure you're ready. So when he exceeds your expectation now, it's to grow your expectation for later. And I really believe that you're about ready to see a new dimension of God open up and reign over this place, and it's going to blow your mind. The last thing that I saw just really, really quick is this. I saw in the Spirit this morning, and I'm just going to share the brief parts of it that the Lord has released me to share, and I'll share the rest with your pastor But I literally saw measuring sticks and tape measures. And this is one of the things the Lord wanted me to release over you. You're about ready to see God pour out a greater measure upon you. But I saw these tape measures and these rulers and all this stuff in the church. And I saw a guy standing at the altar. And that's very significant. And he had a string wrapped around his finger. And what hung from the string was a plumb line. And he said, Ryan, and what I saw was I saw expansion. And I saw God growing this place. But the man that was at the altar was focused on the foundation, not the expansion. The Lord says you lay the foundation that is a on like, let me say this. You lay the foundation that is able to bear the expansion. And can I just tell you something? In in, in this vision, I literally saw this guy holding uh, uh, um, the plumb line. And as he's holding the plumb line, the Lord told me this. He said, Ryan, tell, like, because in this vision, this guy kept saying, I see the expansion. The expansion's going to come, but you got to work on the foundation. The foundation. Not that the foundation is crumbling. you got a strong leadership. I'm not presenting that to you guys today. But I really believe, because watch, how many of you know with carpentry work, my brother back there probably knows this, you have guys that specialize in footers. The foundation. And then you have guys that specialize in them building the house. And literally what I saw was you guys laying like the foundation with God and then God building the house upon that foundation. And the pa- this guy was telling the pastors, telling Pastor Doug, listen, I see the expansion. It's going to cost you, but make sure the foundation is strong. And I felt like the Lord says he's been making sure the foundation is growing in strength. 
Don't focus on expansion. You just focus on strengthening the foundation. You have a strong foundation, but continue to focus on the foundation. Apply what's been given to you in the prophetic. Establish what God has asked you to do. Be the ones to lay the foundation that God can build the formation, or God can build the building on. There is things that God says, I want you to co-labor with, and I need you to lay. And then God says, I will build. You lay, I build. You lay, I build. It's going to cost you. It's going to be challenging. Can I tell you something? That, the Bible says the harvest is ripe and the laborers are few. We want the harvest, but not the labor. You want the harvest? Labor right now. Lay the foundation, continue to grow that foundation, continue to strengthen that foundation. And I heard the Lord say that he's making things that are out of balance, he's making them balanced again. And I felt like the Lord says, before you measure a breadth and a height and a depth to this, God says, just look at me bringing things into balance. Because God says, I am currently strengthening the church and its foundation because expansion is going to happen, right? Growth is going to happen happen but the lord says take this moment of grace that grace has created and be transformed and be strengthened church so that you can handle the expansion see the enemy wants to promote you before you're ready and pride wants you to be promoted before you're ready, and that's why you fall. But God wants to make you ready. And God wanted me to tell you, Pastor, that he is making the church ready. And prep and prepare the church to be ready for the expansion that is going to happen. But God says, don't focus. Yeah, be excited. Move with your, forward with your plans of expansion. But make sure you're focusing on the foundation. Make sure you're focusing on the foundation and when I God spoke that to me I'm like God like like I don't want to come across like they're doing anything wrong he says they're not doing anything wrong but I want them to continue to do what's right God says I'm going to establish in this church more core values more strength and God says because when expansion comes God says I don't want you to be taken out by the new responsibilities and the new opposition that will come. So he wants to strengthen you so that you're ready to embrace what comes at you in that promotion. Because promotion doesn't just give you a privilege. With promotion comes a new set of obstacles, opposition, and responsibilities. So God is maturing the house and grooming the house for those things. So get ready. Because the expansion will form because you're going to be in a season of testimonies. I promise you this. Testimonies of people saying things have formed for me that I've been waiting on. But can I tell you something? Some of you are going to wait for promotion and focus on the promotion. And God says, can you focus on being ready for the promotion? Just focus on being ready for the promotion. And I'll take care of the promotion. You continue to remain humble. Lay what I've asked you to lay. Do what I've asked you to do. I really believe one of the things the enemy's going to tempt this church with is contentment. I believe one of the things the enemy's going to try to tempt this church with is complacency. But I really believe that God is going to stir you to where he watched it stir you to get out of you what he placed in you. Can I just, I got to stay right here real quick. And maybe we'll just pray and 
cry for a little bit. But anyways, this is what the Lord is showing me real quick. I really believe that what the Lord wants to do is he wants to strengthen the inward you so no matter what comes around you outwardly, it doesn't affect who you are. And we just need to make sure that we're focusing on the proper things. Focus on the proper things. And Lord, the Lord says, I'll take care of the rest. Is that good? Amen. Father, we just thank you for this word, these words. We just bless these people. We thank you for these people. We thank you for this word. Now, Father, I just pray you bless the remaining time that we have together, Father, as I try to articulate what you want me to articulate, what you want me to release, Lord. I pray, God, that I would just get out of the way, and Holy Spirit, you would just speak through me. May I not get in the way and add my opinion or my fault, but Holy Spirit, may I just speak well what you've put on my heart to speak today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I'm going to have all of us turn there, but I'm going to reference and probably read other scriptures that you don't have to worry about plugging into your phone or getting in your Bible. I promise you that you're there. You can check up with me later if I'm wrong. But Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. And it says this, while the earth remains, while the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. I need to say that again. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. You don't have to turn here, but I'm going to read this verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 2 says, There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted. How many of you know what you sow you'll have to deal with later? How many of you know you're either going to celebrate what you've sown, right? Or you're going to be frustrated with what you've sown. Why are you saying this? I want to preach a little bit on toxic seeds. I love this. Genesis 8.22 says, as long as the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. And my question for you today as we jump into this word is what are you currently allowing to be sown in you? Amen? And my question then also is, what are you sowing? Now, I'm not talking about finances here. Amen? I'm talking metaphorically about seeds today. What are you allowing to be sown into you? Because watch this. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you sow is the byproduct of what has been sown into you. What comes out of you... I believe is truly the byproduct of what's been put in you, especially when you're confronted with pressure. So I want to jump into this really quick, and I wanted to spend a long time talking about the good seeds being sown into us, and the Lord says, I want you to focus on the toxic seeds for a moment. And he says, Ryan, I want you to actually focus more on toxic seeds than the good seeds that we probably hear messages about a lot. But here the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. The harvest that is a byproduct of the seed. So no matter what, if we take this metaphorically, whatever is sown in us will come out of us one way or another. 
And a lot of times what is sown in us and its quantity, the quantity of what is sown in us is one thing, but the quantity of what comes out of us always seems to be greater. The seed has a lot of qualities to it, and there's a quantity to a seed. But how do many of you know that it produces a greater quantity when it's sown and it germinates? And the thing that I want to talk just a little bit about really quick, if you would let me, is I want to talk about those seeds, those imaginations that come into our heart about ourselves, about God, or about others. That we've allowed to enter in and actually be established in us. That maybe we've tolerated because at first we didn't think those seeds were a big deal. We don't think that thought that fluttered into our mind about a person was a big deal. But then we start meditating on it. And we create an environment with meditation where that seed now becomes, is able to thrive in us. Nothing thrives in an environment of neglect. But if you focus on it, it's going to thrive. So I want to talk about those seeds, those imaginations that exalt itself above the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God of who you are, the knowledge of God of who others are, and the knowledge of who God is. Sometimes we allow seeds to enter in because we believe at the time they're harmless. We have an interaction with somebody. I'm going to preach probably a different way than what you're used to from me, but let me just jump into it. We, 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 we have this interaction with somebody and we get into an argument with somebody and now there's these thoughts that flood our mind. They're thoughts of temptation. And my question is, will those seeds that are imaginations that are out to exalt itself above the knowledge of God, will it be successful in its agenda? Temptation is a sin. A sin. But if you focus on it long enough and allow it to remain in the ground of your mind and heart, eventually it's going to make, have life to it because nothing thrives in the environment of neglect. But when you pay attention to it, it has the place to thrive. So you have this interaction with somebody. Now all these thoughts come into your mind tempting you to think of them differently than God does because of their behavior. And at first we're like, no, you know, that's not how I really think about that person. But we don't deal with the seed. And can I tell you something? Then what happens is eventually that thing remains in the ground of our mind and our heart. And it starts to produce something that God does not glorify in. Because at first, we didn't think it was a big deal. We look at a seed and we think, man, that's not a big deal. But man, if you throw that on the ground, oh, that's not a big deal. Eventually, you're going to have problems. And can I tell you something? If you don't deal with the seed, you have to deal with the weeds later. And how many of you know no one likes to have to pull out weeds? Ecclesiastes just said there's a place to plant and then there's a time to actually pluck what's been planted. Can I tell you something? If you don't pluck out the seed from your heart and mind, and I'm going to talk about how we do that in just a minute, but if we don't pluck it out in its conception, it's going to conceive something that could be very toxic between me and God, between me and you, or just within myself. 
if you don't deal with the seeds, you'll have to deal with the weeds. How many of you know, I don't, like for me, I don't like to have to pluck weeds. That's why I don't do it. I charge my wife to go do it. And if she don't go do it, we're going to have weeds. I remember one day, not too long ago, we had this place in our backyard that was full of stones. We had a tree. Cut the tree down, removed the stones, and now there's just dirt. Right? Little stinking, like, weed seeds. I don't even know if that's a thing. But weed seeds get, got there somehow. And there is stinking, like, big, huge bushes. You know what I mean? In our yard. And, and I'm like, I'm just going to mow them down. My wife's like, you can't do that. we got to pluck them out. I said, no, I'm going to just mow them down. It will look better. She's like, no, you got to pluck them out. She's got to deal with them. And I stood there with my wife in the heat for maybe an hour and a half. I don't know, two hours, something like that, sweating. Thanks, Adam. Sweating. <laughs> Dropping off into my brow. I'm like, thanks, Adam. And we're plucking, we're pulling. And can I tell you something? I don't like to deal with weeds. Can I tell you something? If you don't deal with the seed, you're going to have to confront and you're going to have to deal with something that none of us like to deal with. A damaged relationship. Insecurity. Fear. Worry. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not saying everything that you're currently dealing with is because you didn't deal with the seed in the past. Don't take this wrong, but I believe there is some things that we've allowed in us that we should have dealt with, but we didn't deal with it because we really didn't think it was a big deal. And I'm here to tell you, it is. It's a seed. Sometimes we partner with things that we don't think is a big deal, and it creates a monster later. Adam and Eve didn't deal with the serpent, now we have to deal with the dragon. Can I tell you something? Let me just say this. Me and Pastor get in an argument. And now I start forming all of these views of him. Am I taking 2 Corinthians 10, 5 to heart and casting those imaginations down that I now think of him? Or do I entertain them, retain them, and now it produces something that becomes toxic between me and him? I did research on this before I preached this. I've been sitting on this. You asked my wife in conversation. I've been referencing this message that I've never preached. Till today. I've been sitting on it for months. I've been doing research, man, and you'd be proud of me. And can I tell you something? Do you know, like, apple seeds, real quick. Do you know if you have too many apple seeds, if you consume too many apple seeds, it could become toxic to your body. You could go into a coma or die. I don't know why you would want to eat that many. It's probably a lot, but I don't know why you would want to eat all those. Oh, apple seed. Do you know if you eat too many peach pits or whatever those things are, seeds, if you eat too many of those, don't know who would want those. Hey, baby, can you boil me down some uh, peach seeds? You know what I mean? But if you eat too many peach seeds or whatever they're called, it can become toxic to your body and you could die. Seed pits. Or, uh, seed pits. <laughs> Cherry pits. You eat too many of those, you could die. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, Ryan, there is seeds that my people allow to remain in their mind and in heart, and it is damaging their dream, their purpose, their potential, and the potential of the relationship that they have with somebody. Second Corinthians 10.5 tells us what we should do about imaginations. And let's just say those imaginations are seeds. As long as the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. My question is, what type of harvest do you want? 
if, if, if we need to be sowing the right seeds in us, right? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, whatever is good, basically, think on this. Because whatever you meditate on is going to thrive. So whatever's good, think on these things. Can I tell you something? Joshua chapter 1, God was telling Joshua, deal with some of these toxic seeds that you have that have taken root in you. Let's deal with the weeds because Joshua didn't just have seeds. He had weeds. And he's, God told him like three times, didn't I tell you, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. God was, and then he tells Joshua, meditate on my law, the book of the law, day and night. Meditate on this, man. Get, pluck these things out and let's remove from you the things, the seeds created in you that has made you fearful. Cast down those imaginations, Joshua, that, that have exalted itself above my knowledge. And now replace what those imaginations held captive. Cre like that now that you remove the imaginations, you have a space that you need to meditate on my knowledge and allow my knowledge to fill that space that once was held captive by the imagination. What are you trying to say? There is lie seeds that the enemy wants to put in you to make you, because watch this, the enemy knows if he can get you to believe it, he can get it to thrive. In you. He knows that he can get something that God didn't want to thrive to thrive if he can just get the believer to believe in the wrong thing. So that's why we should know and press in and ask God to let us know how we should view others, how we should view ourselves, and how we should view our purpose and our dreams and our future, and how we should view him and ourselves and others in a storm. So that whenever the enemy comes with his lies, we don't even allow them in. We cast them down. We remove them from us. So they don't take root in us and produce something that will become very toxic in the future. Let me share this with you. Not too long ago, someone came up to me and they said, Ryan... Here's the right seed that the Lord wanted me to plant in my heart. But I kind of shelved it for a little bit. They said, Ryan, Wake Ministries. We love Wake Ministries. And we just felt like we needed to prophesy over you that you're making a difference and you're going to make a bigger difference in the future. But the Lord wanted me to tell you that you're making a difference. I'm like, cool. Shelved it. Because at the time, I felt okay. It's like, I know, I know Wake's making a difference. I know Wake's making a difference. Like, like Lord, why are you sharing that with me? I know Wake's making a difference. He said, Ryan, he says, I shared that with you because I know the enemy's about ready to share something with you that's going to make you question if you're making a difference or not. If you allow the right seed to germinate in you, it doesn't have room. Watch, the seed, wrong seed doesn't have a room to germinate. And if it has germinated, you need to pluck that out with God and replace it with truth. So I shelved it, man. I didn't let it germinate in me because I thought, I know I'm good. Until a couple months after that word. And I was in a place of opposition. I'm going to move on. But I was in a place of opposition. And in that place of opposition, I was thinking, man, am I even making a difference? And that seed started to come in, man. Well, pastor. And, 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 and it started to come in. And the enemy wanted it to germinate. He wanted my ministry to crumble because he wanted me to give up. And I was just like, am I even making a difference, God? 
Like, God, am I even supposed to be doing this? Because, like, God, like, it takes finances to do this and compliments. Like, like, like God, like, uh, I was just battling with all kinds of stuff. God, I ain't getting the compliments I thought I deserved or the, or the, the partners I f- thought I deserved. And, and, God, I just, I'm not getting the testimonies I thought I deserved. And the Lord's like, knock it off. He says, have I not told you to be strong? And cr- have I not told you already when you didn't think you needed it? Did I not tell you you're making a difference? Like Joshua, have I not told you? Because I'm sure Joshua in his own way was battling. Like, man, am I the man? Everybody's saying, you're the man. Am I the man? Am I going to be able to do this? And he's allowing seeds to come in that could have been very toxic for him and others. See, you don't know what your obedience is tied to and the blessings that are not only going to be unlocked over you, but the blessings that will be unlocked over others if you're just obedient. That's why the enemy's trying to get you disobedient, to be just disobedient. And can I tell you something? The way the enemy tries to get you to be disobedient is he tries to get you to doubt. Watch this. This is so good. Disobedience is the byproduct of unbelief. If he can get you to not believe it, then you'll never show up for it. So the enemy is trying to get me to believe the wrong thing so the wrong thing would thrive in me. He was trying to get me to partner with the seed because he was out for the harvest. He knows what I'm doing in wake. He knows what I'm going to do in wake. The devil does. I just don't know if he, he has access to your future. He knows Jesus' future and where you're made in his image. Jesus' image. You're supposed to be like Jesus. So he knows, even if he doesn't know, he knows your future because he knows already what Jesus did. Anyways. So I started to be like, man, am I making a difference? Am I really? And can I tell you something? That seed was trying to get me to partner with it. And it was trying to remain in me to where it started to devastate me and devastate the things I was called to. And can I tell you something? I don't like to have to deal with weeds. So I was like, and, and it's like, wife, come here and help this out, please. You know, no, it was, <laughs> I'd have to pluck these weeds out because I created them. And so I'm standing there, and the Lord says, well, you knock that off. And I found myself encouraging myself in the Lord, casting those imaginations down. And the way I cast those imaginations down and disconnected from them was I partnered with my praise. I partnered with my praise. I partnered then my praise, and I partnered with the promise. And we started to thank God for who he said I was and what I was doing, though the enemy was trying to convince me I wasn't. Real quick, I'm almost done, but I just, there is things that are coming, let me just say this, there is things that are coming out now in the charismatic movement, just in the church as a whole. There is things being exposed now, pastor, because people didn't deal with the seeds later in the past. Now, there's an exposure of perversion because men and women didn't deal with the seed of perversion at its introduction. Adam and Eve didn't deal with the seed that the enemy planted in their mind. 
did God really say you would die? They entertained it too long and it produced something that we all had to deal with, but then Jesus dealt with it, yay God. <laughs> Jesus, I'll take care of the weeds. My wife, I'll take care of them. It's ugly, I'll take care of it. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, like they, pro- they produced something that the enemy had no ability to create, but he knew they were creative. So if he could get them to believe something that was wrong, through them he could create what he couldn't create without them. See, the enemy wants to create something that will damage your harvest, and he wants you to reap a harvest that God never created you for. So Adam and Eve didn't deal with the seed. They submitted to it, it germinated, and the harvest was separation. But when you receive Jesus as a seed, he brought reconciliation. Let's move on. Toxic seeds. I love this. Genesis 1, 11, it says this. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. How many of you remember, it says every seed reproduces. This is what it's showing. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. How many of you know that trees bear fruit and that fruit contains seeds? My question is, what table are you sitting at and what fruit are you eating? Adam and Eve ate a fruit that separated them from God. But we need to eat from the tree of life that produces reconciliation and breakthrough in our lives. By meditating, celebrating, and partnering with those promises through praise. It's kind of like this. Second Corinthians, I quoted it 10.5. Cast down every imagination that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. With that separation thought in mind, the enemy wants to separate you from the relationships that are meant to bless you and that you're meant to bless. So using this concept of me and pastor get in an argument, which we're good, right? Praise God, right? But if we get in this argument and I entertain seeds, thoughts about him that are not true about him, my behavior, it will be a complete reflection of my thought process. As a man thinks, so is he. So the enemy wants me to produce the wrong harvest towards Doug because he wants it to ruin my relationship with Doug, but he wants Doug to receive something that the father never wanted for Doug. See, whenever we entertain the wrong seeds, it separates us from what God wants. God wants us unified, thriving together. The enemy doesn't, so the enemy throws those seeds in, and we need to take care of them. Because how I view him is how I'll treat him. So the enemy's trying to get me to believe something that's not true, so I view him in a way that's not true. So I operate in a way towards him, and I operate in a way that harms him and not blesses him. And it all came from my mind. As a man thinks, so is he. So let's end with this. How do we deal with the seed? Or how do we deal with the weeds? Or how do we deal with both? Do you understand when I say weeds, I'm talking about just nasty, non-beautiful things. (laughs) 
And let me just go back to the, what's happening in the church. There is so much going on. I won't mention names, but there's so much going on within the body of Christ. All this exposure of sin and perversion because they didn't think the seeds that the enemy was planting at first was a problem. He's after the people that those ministries blessed, and he's after the ministry that's blessing people. Just like the enemy's after your purpose, your calling, and your duty as a friend and a fellow believer. I'm not trying to freak you out, but man, come on, y'all. But let me just say this. I'm not here to amplify the devil and act as if he's all big and bad now, right? Let me spend a couple of minutes talking about how good God is and how you have the upper hand here. Your question is, how do I deal with the weeds? How do I deal with the seeds? Well, first of all, you got to recognize the seed. Or you got to recognize the weed. It says, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's 2 Peter 1.3. It says that we have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. John 10.10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Is what you're currently meditating on life and abundance or life and godliness or kill, steal, and destroy? If you would really meditate on what you're meditating on, what category does it fall under? Because I believe, real quick, that is a quick way to detect what the right seed is or the wrong seed. Is it found in the life of Jesus? Is what you're meditating on right now going to produce Christ? Or Paul, is what you're currently meditating on right now going to produce Christ or the Antichrist? just called us the antichrist no i'm saying everything that's antichrist oh are you man is this the spirit or is this the devil can i tell you something is the end game christ or everything that's antichrist if what you're meditating on about your wife and what you want to do to her doesn't look like jesus cast it down Get it out. Replace it with truth. Well, you don't understand the argument we were under and what she talked about with the budget. And blah, 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 blah. Can I tell you something? Stop partnering with the enemy because eventually you're going to reap the Antichrist. What is Antichrist? If you continue to think about that towards her. And yes, me and my wife are fine. <laughs> Usually. Not just fine. Do you get what I'm saying here? I get there's an antichrist spirit end time, blah, 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 blah. But I'm talking about what's antichrist. Okay, let's move on. Recognizing the seed or the weed. Is it Christ? Does it pertain to life? Does it play, pertain to life and godliness or is it completely opposite? When you recognize the seed, and I'm ending with this, what do you do? How do you cast it down? What does that look like? Three, uh, four things. First thing, complete intimacy with the Father. What do I do to remove this from me? I know Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing your mind through intimacy. Towards yourself, towards God, towards others. How do I renew my mind? How do I pluck out these seeds? How do I remove these weeds? Intimacy with the Father. James 4.8 says, I think it's 4.8, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Intimacy, I look at it as an exchange floor. 
I lay before the Lord and I'm asking the Lord to draw out of me what's not of him. But in intimacy, I am also drawing from him who he is. And that therefore becomes my assignment of what to become. So when I'm in a place of intimacy with the Father, I'm laying before him, God, draw out of me what is not of you and make me look like you. Ephesians 5.1, let me imitate you in this situation. Draw nigh to God and God will draw near to you. It's like a well. I look at intimacy as a well. I'm drawing from the Father, but I'm also expecting God to draw from me. I'm asking the Father, can I draw from your strength here? God is saying, can I draw out your weakness? When you recognize the seed or the weed, you lay it before God. Draw this out of me, the way I view myself or the way I view others. And God, I want to draw from you the right mindset to have towards myself and towards others. Moving on, intimacy. Number two, the washing of the word. Washing of the, like a washing of the word, from the word. Not from the word, but like allowing the word to wash you. If you have your Bibles, turn real quick with me, right, to Ephesians. I prophesied earlier, you can't hold that against me. I'm, I'm not even 30 minutes in. Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm almost done. Ephesians 5.26. And it says this, Ephesians 5.26. It says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the word. When you recognize a weed or a seed, replace it with the truth. Replace it with a different seed. I can't tell you how many times I've been reading this lately and I literally experienced the supernatural in the washing as I read the word. Sanctify her, cleanse her by the washing of the water of the word. Sanctify here means to consecrate her, to separate her from profane things and dedicate those things that were in a place of profanity, like dedicate them now to God. To render something, sanctify, to render, to cause to be or to become, to make, to make it what it's supposed to be. God, I need my mind to think the way it's supposed to think. And that happens by the washing of the word. The blood of Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit. It says to cleanse her. That word cleanse means like to cleanse a leper. To free something from defilement. I got a weed, God. I got a seed. That's not of you. I recognize it. And when we read the word, we're actually believing that the word is cleansing us from that toxicity. Washing means to literally, because it says the washing of the water of the word. Washing means to take a bath. So when I get into the word, I'm jumping into like a supernatural bubble bath. Amen. Cleanse me, Lord. Metaphor here, people. Don't leave here thinking that guy's weird. <laughs> We're talking about ice baths earlier and now bubble baths. <laughs> you know what I mean? But bubble baths, man. Supernatural bubble bath right here. Cleanse my mind that is full of leprous, leprous thoughts. Cleanse. A le- Watch. Washing. It says... Washing of the water, it literally means, water here means rivers, first of all. Do you know what I think is crazy? Naaman was asked to dip in the river seven times. The seventh time he came up with no leprosy. It means pools. When I get in the word, I'm jumping in the pool. Remember whenever the lame man was laying by the pool? 
and the water was stirred. No one placed them in. Jesus healed them, but the first one in got healed. When I read the word, my mind is getting healed and restored, and it's recovering. It's being rendered and dedicated and consecrated to God if I commit to the word. It also means, real quick, waves. The Bible says his waves and his breakers crash over me. So when I get in the word, his waves are cleansing me. I'm jumping in the river. He's cleansing me like Naaman. When I jump in the pool, he's healing me. But watch this. The washing of the water of the word. That word word there means rhema. So it's not just talking about this. It's talking about you in intimacy with the Father and what he sings and speaks over you. Rhema word. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says God is singing over his people. So the rhema is God's singing word over you as well as this right here. And it's all meant to cleanse and to heal and to restore us. I had a vision not too long ago. I was by a river with uh, uh, this water with Jesus. I had a bull that was impressed in the ground with my name on it. It had all this type of like fuzzy debris stuff. And I'm like, God, is that sin? He says, no. He says, it's thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking. And he just picked up the bull, dropped it in the water, poured it back up and placed it. And it was refined gold. And he took me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Another one is declaration. When you, disturb, when you determine what is a toxic seed or a weed, you should declare over yourself, that is not who I am. I am a child of God. Because some of these toxic thoughts or weeds are just your like, insecurity and you believing the wrong version of yourself. And you got to replace it through declaration. This is who I am. I am loved by him. I am the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Though my location doesn't reflect his desire, I'm believing God's going to bring a shift. And you proclaim and declare in the atmosphere what you're believing will be established by the Spirit. So the power of declaration, and we mentioned this real quick, but I'm going to say it again, meditation. As a man thinks, so is he. Can I tell you something? You can change the way you think through meditation. You can rewire your brain through meditation. Did you know that? So constantly thinking on what is good. Taking what the Lord has sung over you and singing it over yourself. Stand with me all over the church. I know those prophetic words were little sermonettes, but 33 minutes for toxic seeds. Come on, somebody. What I'm going to do, because I'm, 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 I'm willing to do individual ministry here in just a little bit. Because, like, I, one I didn't mention that helps us when we recognize those toxic seeds is either meditating on the prophetic word you received, like I had to, Wait, I am going to make a difference, and I am making a difference. These are ways you cast down those imaginations. You cast down those imaginations by exalting God above the imagination rather than allowing the imagination to exalt itself above God. But the referencing and meditating on the prophetic word you've already received or prophesying something yourself or receiving a prophetic word. And so we're going to take some time to pray for people. 
I'm not saying that I'm going to prophesy over everybody where, you know, not like, hey, come up here. I'll prophesy over you, right? You already know I'm not concerned about an offering because I'm wearing an Eagles jersey and all the Redskins fans are like, no. But what I want to do is I want to pray over you guys right now because some of you might have to leave. And I, I want to pray corporately right now. Let Pastor Doug come up. And then at the end, man, we'll open up the altars for prayer. Pastor Doug will here, be here. Manny, we'll pr Pastor Manny, others will pray for you. But I just want to pray for you guys corporately. If you could, just put your hand, like close your eyes. And just put your hand, I know it sounds weird, but put your hand on your head, one hand on your head, one hand on your heart. Now pat your heart and rub your head. Now just, <laughs> some of y'all did it. Now just, put your hand on your head, put your hand on your heart. <laughs> Wayman's like, oh, you dog, you dog. <laughs> I just want to pray for you. And the Bible says lay hands. And I just want to pray. And you're laying hands. God, I pray right now that you would help them recognize the seed or the weed and know how to deal with it. Because you, God, through intimacy, will show them how to deal with it. I just gave a list of some ways to deal with it. But God, you'll make a custom plan for them. So make them aware of it and reveal that custom plan to their mind on how to remove those seeds and those weeds. Father, I just pray for my family. I bless them. I pray for healing rain to just saturate them, so to speak, right now in the name of Jesus. God, if they've been dealing with toxic seeds, like views that are not right about themselves, about others, about you, free them right now, God. I'm praying for physical healing today, but right now, God, mental and, and heart healing right now, God. I pray for heart transplants, brain transplants, so to speak. Creative miracles, God, in this place, in the inward being of us, God, right now. Heal us, God. I pray you reveal to us what we should meditate on, focus on. Reveal to us, God. Let, let a word highlight itself in the scripture. Or let us get a prophetic word. Or God, let something happen where you just show up, God, and make us rethink and, and think differently about things, about ourselves, about others about you. God, I pray for the people in this room that may have been entertaining toxic seeds and weeds and it's become toxic in their relationship. God, change them. Change their view of that person. Bring healing to. Bring breakthrough to that relationship. But God, I know that, man, we'll damage it again if we have the wrong mindset. So God, cleanse and heal and restore the mindsets, God, and perspectives of others. And Father, let us fall in love with one another. Let the wife fall in love again with the husband fall in love with the husband again and vice versa the friendships in this place let us fall back in love with one another Lord Father I pray that you deal with what's caused us to fall out of love and Father let us find a manifestation happen in us Lord where we fall back in love with people or ourselves or you God and, and God I pray that you just remove those toxic seeds that have been in people's minds and hearts bring healing bring restoration bring Bring breakthrough. God, speak to these people the things they're to partner with. God, if we partner with the wrong seeds, we get the wrong harvest. But God, I pray we would partner with the right seeds so that we can deal with a beautiful harvest and not an ugly one. Father, I pray for the people in this place. Bring breakthrough in the way they think. Father, I bless them. I thank you for them. And God, I pray that we would cast down those toxic seeds and replace them with the right ones. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, buddy.
Praise God. Guys, let's just be seated for just a moment, if you would. You know, as uh, we always do, when we have had the privilege to have a man of God, woman of God 